From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Boy, good weekend, huh? Everybody uh, probably very happy, no matter who you root for around these parts. We got the Crescent City sweep, didn't we? Pelicans won on Friday, LSU and Tulane won on Saturday, and the Saints winners yesterday. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. John DeShazer is alongside. Glad you're with us here for the Black and Blue Report as we start a new week, and a busy week it is going to be. There's no doubt on the football side, the Saints will be on the road this weekend, and we get the brother versus brother uh, storyline right off the bat. The Ryans will be scoring off against each other this weekend, and can the Saints keep the momentum going and correct some of the mistakes that you're going to hear about as we go throughout the program today? And the Pelicans get their season underway, finally the regular season that is, starting Wednesday night against the Indiana Pacers. So we've got full show today, primarily all football. And then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we go real heavy on basketball to get you ready for the uh, season opener at New Orleans Arena on Wednesday night. So with that, we'll have Pierre Thomas on today talking about his efforts yesterday. Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham sound bites, Kenny Stills. Uh, we get a comment from him about his nice day yesterday. And then before we get out of here for the day, We'll let you listen in to some of the uh, the uh, most important points about what uh, Sean Payton has to say at his Monday morning presser. That's uh, usual for us now on the Black and Blue Report. So, good show. And, uh, J.D., good win yesterday. I don't, you know, we're going to hear some, I wouldn't say moaning and groaning, but we're going to hear some um, comments from, from Drew Brees and then I'm sure Sean Payton later today about how things certainly didn't go the way they wanted them to yesterday, but a win is a win is a win, and I think, Coming off the bye week, and with some of the injuries that were in play, this is all good news on a Monday morning. Well, I I actually kind of like it a little bit. It's the um, the pursuit of excellence, I guess you call it. Yeah, I'm not against and, it. And uh, and so yeah, it, it sounds like you know they're dissatisfied, but it, it's a good dissatisfaction. They're saying basically, yeah, we won the game, but there's some things that can be cleaned up uh, that we can do better. And so, you know, you, you like to, to hear that out of a team. You like to know that they're always striving to, to be better than they were. And, um, yeah, Buffalo hung around for a while yesterday. Now, a lot of what happened yesterday, it wasn't necessarily the Saints, you know, downfall as opposed to Buffalo played some pretty good defense for a good stretch there and, uh, got some good heat on Drew Brees. I think they ended up with maybe three sacks. Um, they applied some pressure. They play a lot of man-to-man defense and, uh, they played the run pretty well. So they forced the Saints to move the football, you know, maybe a little bit different ways than, than they wanted to. But, you know, once the Saints settled down, and uh, particularly when they got a couple of – got a touchdown, then a stop and another touchdown at the end of the first half, that pretty much kind of salted it away. Yeah, and then they've done that before. After a slow start, they found some momentum going into halftime. So I'm not saying that I'm, a, I'm against the reaction yesterday post game. As a matter of fact, they're dead on about all that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm just saying 
isn't it nice to be talking about a win today oh, as yeah. opposed to talking about those problems and a loss? Oh, yeah. You, okay. you much rather yes. be talking about it in a win. I mean, because then you feel like, you know, it can, you know, not only did it not, not bite you to, to lose the game, but it's something you can clean up. And, and as a coach, you know Sean Payton likes this, this aspect. If you win, you like to have something you can go back to your team with and say, look, these are areas where we can clean up. This is glaring. We're not quite as good as we might think we are or as good as the, the clippings say we are. Here are some areas where, you know, you can kind of keep them humble and keep them hungry. All right, 35-17 was the final yesterday over the Buffalo Bills. Here is Saints quarterback Drew Brees speaking to some of what we've been talking about. The standard's high around here. We set the bar very high. And so uh, even though we come out and we score 35 points, we don't turn the ball over. You know, we do a lot of good things. You know, we could have done much better. And when we get into games, into situations where uh, there's more at stake and the games are tougher and, you know, whatever it might be, you're on the road and this and that, if, you know, you can only get away with certain things so many times before they really start to bite you. And so if some of those mistakes need to be corrected. They've shown up too many times. And... That's our job as football players to, to, to get in, to see it, to make the correction, make sure it doesn't happen again and continue to get better. So Breeze still had a pretty phenomenal day yesterday. Let's just kind of go over a couple of the numbers. 14th career game with a passer rating above 140. Again, there's a QBR, which is 0 to 100, the average being 50. And then there's the NFL passer rating, and he scored in the NFL passer rating at 146.1 yesterday, 26 of 34 for 332 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. The uh, five-touchdown performance uh, was the eighth of his career, and that is the most in NFL history. It broke a tie with Peyton Manning uh, for the most five-touchdown games. Uh, it was also Breeze's 22nd game with at least four touchdown uh, passes. Peyton Manning still holds that record, by the way, and it ranks the third all-time behind Manning in that category uh, with the 20. Let's see. No, Manning's not 26, I Manning's guess. Manning's at 26. Yeah. I think and Brett Favre, Favre is, at, yeah. is at 23. So that's a little bit about Mr. Breeze yesterday. I thought the other interesting thing, J.D., was the fact that 10 guys had at least one reception yesterday. Well, that's spreading the love. That's this offense, though. If you try to take a guy away, they're going to find another guy. And, they, you know, especially it helped, obviously, to get Lance Moore back. But Josh Hill, the you know, the rookie tight end, rookie free agent, got in on the act yesterday. But, you know, that's this offense. They're going to spread it around. And you're not really going to be able to concentrate on one guy. Now, if it comes down to it and you allow them to get Jimmy Graham in a lot of situations where he's one-on-one -on -one and those kinds of things, they're going to take advantage of that. But if you're going to play you know, man-to-man -man and, and, and that kind of thing, as Buffalo did yesterday while they were applying pressure, then Drew Brees is going to find his other targets. And so yesterday was one of those games where, you know, yeah, he spread the wealth around. You know, ten guys catching footballs, which means you couldn't concentrate on a single guy. Jimmy Graham uh – was uh, they picked this, their spots with him, and boy, were they efficient. Uh, three catches on three targets, um, the longest being a 15-yard catch, and he ended up scoring two touchdowns. Yesterday, J.D. and I watched at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Jimmy Graham out working on the field uh, with and under the watchful eye of uh, head coach Sean Payton. That's when they determined that he could go even with the injured foot. Uh, here's Graham yesterday after the uh, ball game uh, talking about kind of how things – uh, played out in the morning to get him ready and how, how we move forward from here. I didn't want to rush anything, you know, and, and, you know, cause, you know, maybe, you know, do something this game and that would make me set up for five weeks, you know. So, uh, you know, to me it didn't, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't really think about New England at all. Um, you know, it was good that we had the bye. That was awesome that we, I had a little time there. Uh, it was probably the perfect timing for that. And, you know, now it's just, you know, just kind of manage it and, and, you know, take it day by day still and, you know, just keep uh, just keep moving forward. 
So Graham had a nice day catching the ball, and then so did Kenny Stills, of course. And Stills was fun to watch yesterday. The uh, the rookie showed us some big playability. In fact, he had uh, two touchdowns, the longest of which was 69 yards. John, I want to say the other one was 42, wasn't it? It was 42. Um, and it was at a point, uh, late first half, right? Uh, the 69-yarder. Yeah, the 69, yeah, yeah. that was the one yes. that kind of. So what happened yeah. was uh, the running game, and while they were trying to stay balanced with the temps, all of a sudden you kind of had this feeling that, okay, got to get back to who we are. And I'm speaking for the Saints here. Kind of get back to who we are, and let's air it out a little bit. And uh, and certainly it was pretty big in that situation. It was a two-play drive, two big catches, and uh, Stills still had a smile on his face following his big game yesterday, a career high for him. Well, the, the first one um, is one of those kind of shot plays that we have up. And um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things your heart starts pacing a little bit more because, you know, the ball uh, is potentially going to come your way. So um, the first one, yeah. And then the second one was more one of those Drew escaping the pocket and putting it up there and having some trust in me to, to make a play. And, um, you know, I thank him for that every time he does. I go over to him and, and shake his hand and say, thank, you know, thank you for having confidence in me to make a play. You like stills, don't you? Yeah, very much so. I mean, he's he's – you know, what you like is that even though he's a rookie, he's extremely smart, obviously. Uh, he's a guy who, who came in, picked up the system well, and not just picked it up from a position standpoint. He can run all the positions. So if anyone goes down, if it's Lance Moore, if it's Marcus Colston, you know, who he came in as the third receiver taking Joe Morgan's place, whatever it is, he can line up in those spots and run the offense from that position. And that's really impressive in this complex offense to have a rookie to be able to come in and do those things. And he's not just a speed burner, although we did see the speed yesterday. He is an athletic guy. Um, you know, he mentioned Drew Brees giving him a chance on that on that 42-yarder where Brees scrambles out of the pocket. It's kind of an even situation, maybe even a jump ball situation, and he trusted him to come down with it and still did exactly that. All right, defensively yesterday, uh, the Saints defense – Held the Bills, obviously, to 17 points. That's right about where they've been now for the season. They're averaging holding uh, their opponents to 17.1 per game. That's through seven games and is now the fourth lowest total in franchise history. Uh, the only teams who allow less than 120, and I guess this is through seven, the 91 team, the 92 team, and the 2000 team, all those teams went on to make the playoffs. And uh, David Hawthorne led the way yesterday, eight solo tackles, to lead the defense he also had that sack on the first play from scrimmage of thad lewis popped the ball loose he recovered it uh, and in the takeaway um category jd yesterday the saints were outstanding uh would they get two fumble recovers and a pick right yes exactly so i think they're i, I could be one off i want to say they're plus nine now on the season it's either plus nine or plus ten um so defensively i was pleased you uh, extremely, yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm pretty sure sure they are. Um, last season, you know, that was one of the deficiencies. They couldn't get stops. Number one, gave up an NFL record, you know, seven thousand plus yards, but also didn't get turnovers. And uh, yesterday, you know, they've been getting after the quarterback this season. I think they're up to about twenty four sacks or so. Um, they beat up Thad Lewis. Uh, you know, you felt sorry for the kid. And then on top of that, you know, not that it was intentional, but Corey White ends up getting a couple of personal fouls late. But that was in addition to the sacks and in addition to the hurries that were clean. So, you know, he, he you know, he's a young guy, but he got he got rattled around and beat around pretty good, ended up fumbling the football and the Saints took advantage of it. But yeah, they they're getting the football away. And if you get the football away and you give Drew Brees in this offense more and more opportunities, they're gonna cash in sooner or later. They started out a little bit cold yesterday, as we mentioned, 
But if you give them enough opportunities, they're going to warm up and they're going to put points on the board. And I guarantee you, if you told anybody coming into this season that the Saints defense would allow 17 points, everybody would have been doing backflips because you figure if they allow 17 points, this offense is certainly going to take advantage of that. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're allowing an average of 17 and it's showing in the standings. There's one more guy I wanted to, to point out or highlight. Junior Gallette, in my eyes, yesterday was unblockable. Uh, here's the line, and then you tell me if this does it justice. Five tackles, one assist, six you know six total on the tackle side. One sack. He also forced a fumble, uh, recovered a fumble, and uh, let's see here. Uh, hit one guy in the backfield for a loss. So that's, that's the line in the stat pack for Gallette. Does that do it justice yesterday? No, not really. I mean, because you can't you can't really quantify uh, disruption. I mean, you can you can try to put down some stats, and you know, you get your hurries and your hits and this, that, and the other. But you can't quantify when a guy causes so much havoc that teams have to, you know, dedicate special attention to him. And certainly, he got to a point yesterday where one Buffalo couldn't keep him out, and two he was getting to the quarterback. And because he's able to do that from one side, then whoever's on the other side, be that Cam Jordan be that Akeem Hicks, you know, whomever it is, you know, David Hawthorne. But that opens up alleys for other guys to get to the quarterback when you've got to pay special attention to one guy. That's John DeShazer, senior writer from NewOrleansSaints.com here on today's Black and Blue Report. As we mentioned, we'll hear from uh, Sean Payton and his Monday morning presser a little bit later in the show. Um, and we're going to hear from Pierre Thomas. I visited with him in the locker room yesterday post game. By the way, I'll, I'll, I'll go into more depth um, when, when we have the interview for you here on the show. But 14 carries yesterday for 65 yards, the most rushing yards by a Saints back this season. And we'll get his thoughts on his day and where this team is right now a little bit later in that visit I did with him yesterday here on today's Black and Blue Report. All right, there were some other NFL headlines of note, at least to me, um, and we'll kick them around a little bit here. And we'll do that in one minute. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. M-Life presents Winning Wonderland at Beau Rivage. Win your share of up to $2 million in free play. Drawings every Friday and Sunday from 6 to 10 p.m. And don't miss your chance to drive away in a 2014 Lexus ES350. Drawings December 1st and December 29th. Fill your sleigh or Lexus with free play. Winning Wonderland. You belong at the Beau. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Get geared up for the big game and wear what the team wears. Visit the Saints team store at Gate B on the plaza level of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Back with you on the Black and Blue Report. By the way, the World Series all nodded at two. I think that's going to go seven games. There's no doubt in my mind on that. And it, what a strange weekend that was there with the obstruction call and then a pickoff played in the game last night. Who knows what will happen in game five tonight. As again, the Pelicans are getting set up for their opener on Wednesday. We're going to go... Uh, heavy Pelicans tomorrow and Wednesday, NBA and Pelicans heavy. But today it's football as we wrap up 
uh, the weekend in the NFL, at least we're one game shy of wrapping up the weekend of the NFL, and a Saints win yesterday. This was interesting, J.D. Um, the Calvin uh, Johnson Megatron storyline with Des Bryant. And uh, Johnson, well, let's just put it this way. He went nuts yesterday. Second down and 10. On the slant, here is Calvin Johnson. He's going. Calvin Johnson being chased by four Cowboys inside the 10 and knocked out of bounds at about the two or three. Ended up putting up an obscene number in a last-second win as the Cowboys. Oh, it's too bad. But the Cowboys go down 31-30 as Stafford leaps over the uh, end zone or the uh, goal line uh, to win the game. But. We had all that hype going in about the Des Bryant Calvin Johnson thing, and the two weren't even in the same class yesterday. Well, you know, now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I guess, defend Des to a degree because he didn't say I'm better than Calvin Johnson. What people say was, well, you know, how good are you? And he said, you know, I can do some of the same things Calvin Johnson can. Now, of course, it's ridiculous to say that because Calvin Johnson is a grown a man. Can I say that on here? This is is this like uh, FX cable fine. TV? Yeah, yeah, okay, Calvin Johnson is a grown man. You know, in every way, you know, six five, two thirty, who can run like the wind. So, you know, but I can see where Des Bryant wouldn't want to, you know, back up and say, you know, this guy's better than me. But that said, you know, Calvin Johnson is the standard. He is, you know, a, a, a mold breaker. You know, you don't you don't find guys that size with that speed and those kinds of things. And that's why, you know, Matt Stafford you know, can target him 17 times or whatever it was yesterday. <laughs> He's going to come down with, you know, 13 or 14 and 329 yards. And, and oh, by the way, you know, second most yards in a single game in NFL history. You know, and unfortunately the record breaker is Flipper Anderson he is here uh, in New Orleans, but we ain't going to talk about that. Yeah, well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a standard uh, a standard bear. And so, you know, Des Bryant, you know, unfortunately – uh, did not get the quarterback play yesterday uh, that uh, that Calvin Johnson did, and and Matt Stafford, by the way, you know that dive across the top is kind of reminiscent 2009 Drew Brees touchdown in Miami, and we'll leave it at that. You know the Saints went on to win the Super yep. Bowl that season, and uh, but yeah, I mean you know yeah you don't you don't compare yourself to 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 Calvin Johnson. That's like a running back saying you know oh I can do the same things Adrian Peterson can, or a quarterback saying well I can do the same thing as as, as Drew Brees or Peyton Manning can. No, you can't. I'm, you can't. It sounds good, and I understand what you're saying, but you can't. But you also can't undress your quarterback on the sidelines and yeah. go into a tirade. The timing is just awful. Yeah, just, well, he's he's you know he's he says he's a leader, wants to be a leader, but he's been petulant like that since he came into the league. And unfortunately, you know, adversity will show a guy for who he is. And unfortunately, you know, that's still in out of his system. I don't have a problem with the passion. I just have a problem with doing it well, out in front of God and country. Well, I don't mind doing situation. it in front of God and country, but, I mean, it's got to be the right kind of passion. If you're dressing guys down, that's one thing. If you're if you're trying to, you know, jack your team up and you're trying to inspire your team and giving an, a passionate speech to everybody saying, okay, guys, let's get it going, that's one thing. But when you're specifically undressing a guy saying, you are letting me down, you won't get me the ball. You know, that's where the line is crossed because, you know, at some point in time, you know, Des Bryant's probably going to fumble. He's probably going to drop a pass. Yeah. He's probably going to run the wrong route. And he doesn't want Tony Romo running over in his face, pointing at him saying, you let me down. Tony Dungy was on the Dan Patrick Show this morning and told a story. Warren Moon and was it Chris Carter? Probably Chris Carter. Okay. I guess Chris Carter tried to do the same thing to Warren Moon. And Warren Moon just kind of quietly turned and said, you ever – Speak to me like that again, and you'll never get another ball, ever. And that was it. That was the end of it. 
but you know, just kind of quietly. You'd like to see Tony Romo do that, that once or twice. Well, t- yeah. and, and and that's just not in him. And if he can't do it, then maybe his coach, Jason Garrett, should. Well, or maybe the owner who yes. likes to be the GM, who likes to talk a whole lot, Jerry Jones, should. You know, somebody should buffer this guy, protect him if that's not his personality, because somebody could do that to Des Bryant. Somebody could actually walk up to him and say, you know what? You're not him doing this well. Yeah, yeah. Th- this ain't going to happen right. again. You know, right. next time this happens, you might be inactive the next game. So think about it. Meanwhile, the Falcons are spiraling. As you see another rookie in Ellington, and Ellington has some room. And the speed. Andre Ellington, 80 yards. Andre Ellington and the Arizona Cardinals beat Matt Ryan, who threw 56 times yesterday. Beat Matt Ryan and the Falcons 27-13. to 13. Uh, the Falcons are in trouble. This is not looking good over there, and I'm sure most folks who are listening to this podcast smile at that thought. Yeah, folks who listen probably would call that hot garbage, <laughs> hot hot garbage, <laughs> hot mess. No, it's it's you know you, you don't feel the only. I mean, listen, I do feel for Tony Gonzalez. I mean, he came back. You know, he's a Hall of Fame tight end. Certainly, he didn't come back for this. But I mean, if you're a Saints fan, you don't care that the Falcons are reeling right now. And certainly you didn't think they would be in this shape. I mean, they are essentially out of it right now, midway through the season. And I just didn't think that would happen. I thought, if nothing else, that offense would be able to hold them together. But, you know, for them to go and lose to Arizona and to lose some of the other games they've lost, I mean, they've been pretty inexplicable. I mean, I understand Julio Jones and Roddy White have been, you know, hampered and they're out. But still, you would think, you know, with some of the additions they have, they would still have enough to have won a few more games than they have, and they have just looked really messy. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, the other thing that stood out, of course, was the Chiefs winning again. I think they're legit. They're 8-0. and oh. I, If I go head-to-head Chiefs-Broncos right now on a neutral side, I'd probably take the Broncos. But nonetheless, this thing with Kansas City is unbelievable, and what a job by Andy Reid and his crew. The Jets got crushed yesterday. They'll be focused going into this game with the Saints. Keep that in mind. But the way this all stacks out to me right now, it seems like, John, all the national attention is on Denver, Seattle, okay, up there. Then I think that there's some some respect or some head-turning going on with regard to a resurgent 49er team and a pretty stout Indianapolis team. And then, even at 6-1, and one, I, I think that New Orleans is flying under the radar at this point. No, I don't, and I can't figure out if it's they don't believe in this 6-1 and one start for New Orleans or that... It just we're not a sexy thing to talk about at the moment. And I think the same goes for the Cincinnati Bengals, who ought to be included in this conversation of the elite teams right now halfway through the season. Well, the Saints have been kind of workmanlike. Now, if, if the Saints had been, you know, on point offensively as they have been the, the most recent seasons and putting up, you know, probably an average of 35 or 38 a game, then people might be talking about a little bit more because that's why they're talking about Denver more about offense and defense. Seattle, you talk about because not only is you know Seattle, not only are the Seahawks a good defense, great defense, but they will let you know that they are a good defense because they will talk about it. And so you know, I think a lot of times when teams um you know will give you some fodder to talk about, you know themselves, then yeah, there'll be a little bit more notice. Whereas the Saints are like trucking along coming off a 79 season last year and people thought they'd be improved and maybe they still feel like it's a little bit flukish and you know the Saints aren't really beating the chest about it and those kinds of things but you know they're just kind of working like going along with it and people might be looking at the Saints thinking okay how long can this defense keep that up well two games is a small sample four games is a, is a decent sample size well now it's it's seven games and I think 
you know, at what at what point do you say, okay, they're for real? Because seven games is a nice sample size. That's basically half a season, and they've done it for half a season. So at some point, people are going to have to look at them and say, okay, that's a legit defense. And if that legit defense stays that way, and when that offense does get un- untracked, because even though they scored 35, you wouldn't say the Saints offense is on track. They didn't get 400 yards yesterday. And, you know, they used to roll out of bed and get 500. So you feel like if you can get those two facets together, then the Saints will you know, really make a jump in a, na- in a national acclaim. Yeah, November will tell us everything we need to know um, on top of what you're talking about there. And I know that's further down the line, and I think that we're giving the national media and all them credit for it. At the moment. All right, Pierre Thomas coming up next. We'll talk to him about the Saints win yesterday, his performance, and where this team is at right now. Kind of a philosophical end of that interview. Have that for you here in just a moment. And then a bit later in the program, Sean Payton's Monday Morning Presser. Right here on the Black and Blue Report, where John DeShazer has been kind enough to stop by today. Back in a minute. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, before we get to Pierre Thomas, real quick, uh, there is a Pelicans note I do want to pass along. I think you can still go along uh, to uh, pelicans.com, producer Dan, if I'm not mistaken, and vote for the name of the mascot. They're going to unveil, unveil the new mascot, I think, on Wednesday night at the season opener at New Orleans Arena. They have some choices there and are looking for your input fans. So go to pelicans.com. And uh, cast your vote for the uh, name of the new Pelicans mascot. Uh, going to be very cool, I think. I think I think you're going to like it, to say the least. Uh, anyway, back to football and Pierre Thomas. Uh, I noted earlier in the program that Thomas won 14 carries yesterday for 65 yards, the most rushing yards by a Saints back this season. He also had a couple of catches, three to be exact, for 29 yards. So that gives Pierre Thomas now a grand total of 5,168 total yards from scrimmage. And he moves into sixth place on the club's all-time list. Uh, and that's passing up Tony Galbraith. So keep that in mind as you uh, listen in here. Here is uh, my visit with Pierre Thomas in the uh, locker room after yesterday's 35-17 win over the Buffalo Bills. Pierre Thomas joins us here on NewOrleansSaints.com. What, 14 carries, three catches? You're a busy man today. Uh, yeah. You know, my number was called a lot this game, you know, and I, and I tried to do the best job I can. Tell me about how the game progressed because it seemed like it, at first it seemed like, again, this is just me speculating, a little slow getting it going and then, boy, it, then it really got going. Uh, definitely, you know, it was slow for us coming out in the first half. You know, we were just trying to, you know, to find our groove, find our tempo. You know, they, you got to give them, you know, 
uh, appreciation for doing a good, great job on defense, you know, slowing us down, stopping us. But, you know, we had to find the loopholes in their defense. And it took a while, you know, it took to the second the second half to uh, really to get ourselves going. And, you know, it's something where we got to, you know, come out right from the top and just hit them in the mouth early. And we got to really focus on that. Coach said it and we know it. So we got to keep working on that and working on that. So we got to clean some things up. And, you know, we want to be that team that just, you know, starts off fast and, you know, get on teams very early, very quick in the first half and keep finishing out to the second. When, when you said it, it started to get going, Pierre, if you had to look back, what were some of the signs that indicated that you guys were about to crack through there? I mean, in the beginning, you know, we, we wasn't really, you know, getting to our blocks, you know, reading the right reads, you know, making the right runs. You know, we, we did a good job of running a little bit, but, you know, running the right routes. I mean, we, we just struggled, but... At the while, we start to see, you know, we start reading our defense and seeing what they're playing with, you know, different personnel, you know, what guys we got on the field and what they're bringing in once we got certain guys on the field. And we chat, we seen what, what plays works best for us against their defense, and that's what we did. Yeah, through those first six games, it really seemed like you could start to pinpoint what certain teams were really going to focus in on taking away from you. What did Buffalo try and take away in this particular game? Well, I know they tried to take away the, the passes a lot. You know, they really tried to... You know, stay deep, but we hit them with a lot of short passes. You know, a couple of 10 yards, you know, 15 yard routes, and uh, you know, the run game was was exceptional, exceptional, exceptionable. I can't get yeah. the word out, but uh, I mean, it helped. It helped the uh, passing game get going. So, I mean, just just for that to, to happen, it, 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 we was more balanced. You know, it, it was a good a good feel in the second half. So we had like a lot of movement going. So we was on a good good tempo. You know, I was kind of teasing you at the start. You know, kind of kidding you about the 14 carries and, and the and the three catches. But when you look back, you know, several guys run the ball today, and I counted over 10 guys getting at least one reception today. What does that do for an offense when so many guys get touches like that? I mean, it, it spreads it out. I mean, it shows that we got so many weapons on our offense. You know, they don't know who to guard, which guy to double team if they do. You know. You, if you try to double team Jimmy, you got other guys out there. You try to double team Coulson, you got you got so many weapons on our offense, and you can't really double team one of our guys on our team because if you do, you're leaving another weapon open, and he's going to make that play. All right, six and one. At what point, if it hasn't happened already, at what point does this group start to say something special may be going on here? I mean, we we we, we see that in, a, in the beginning. We knew that you know coming into the season, we got something special on our hands. We just got to believe it and just stay focused. You know, we can't you know get ahead of ourselves and say, hey, you know, we got this. No, you know, you, you can't take any team out in this in this league for granted. So you got to keep fighting and stay focused on you know on what team is in front of you at that point. Thanks. Nice job today. Enjoyed that. I don't think I had spoken that extensively with Pierre Thomas, uh, and uh, I thought we I thought we ended on a good note there. Speaking of good notes, let's see what uh, Sean Payton has to say. We'll get to his Monday morning presser here on the Black and Blue Report after this quick timeout. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. 
leading-edge care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Well, the players are going through their normal Monday routine here at the uh, Saints facility on Airline Drive. There's been a, a team meeting. Uh, the locker room is open for the media to talk to the players for a very limited time. And then uh, otherwise treatment and uh, their weights and position group meetings today. Monday is also the day that head coach Sean Payton kind of puts a wrap on the uh, prior game and sets the stage for the upcoming week, which now is Jets week here at the Saints practice facility. A couple highlights from uh, Coach Payton's presser uh, late this morning. Um, I thought we'd share with them with you as we have become accustomed to do here on the Black and Blue Report. Again, yesterday, uh, two fumble recover, recoveries and an interception. So the, the plus side of the turnover battle, if you look at the overall season and if certainly yesterday's win, uh, remains uh, healthy, to say the least. And it's something that's talked about over and over and over again in a Sean Payton program. Uh, our own John DeShazer actually asked Coach uh, this morning about the culture of the turnover. Is this something that's a part of the daily routine? Is this a meetings thing? Is this a, a note on your locker type thing? What is it that has made the that uh, that thing, the turnover battle, so so pervasive in the culture? We try to make an emphasis in regards to the turnovers daily. Um, there are times when you're not in full pads that it's more difficult. It's still technique. There's still an effort element. You know, there's still a want-to element to create. And and then there's the technique of trying to do that, um, protecting the football. I mean, that those are... Those are things that we, we, like every other team in the league, understands are important. And I felt like yesterday that allowed us to overcome some of the, the other things that, that weren't as good. And, and, you know, getting three on defense and then not turning it over on offense uh, or in the kicking game, uh, I thought that was pretty significant in the game. You know, another part of the Monday morning of festivities, of course, is kind of Monday morning quarterbacking, and, and coaching staffs do it too, especially after extensive video review. Well, that review has been done of yesterday's win over the uh, Buffalo Bills. Here's Coach Payton's uh, 24 hours later uh, recap. You watch the tape, and then you see some of the positives, there, and, and so it would be more that direction. Um, you know, there's still some penalties we've got to get cleaned up, and, and we recognize it's a good front we play defensively. Or our, uh, for us on offense, we played a good defensive front, and we had some holding calls. Um, you know, the penalties on Corey uh, are, are ones we, we've just got to look real close at. It was his kind of maybe early on the first time he's been involved in the pressures where he's been in that position hitting the quarterback and and so clean up some of that technique and yet substitutionally and uh, just a a few of the elements you know you as a coach you're searching for that game where you you do a lot of things well and I just felt like yesterday um, there were a, a number of things that we could have done a lot better. All right, so we'll have a little bit more from Coach Payton's Monday morning meeting in just a moment. We'll get you a little bit more in one minute here on the Black and Blue Report. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes, here we go. 
Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight with a tip-off of regular season play this Wednesday, October 30th, when the Pacers come to town at the renovated New Orleans Arena. Be there when the new-look Pelicans take the court, plus see the unfailing to the Pelicans mascot. Action continues on Saturday when your Pelicans take on the Charlotte Bobcats. Tip-off for both games is 7 p.m. And Pelicans Fest pregame block party gets underway at 5.30. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our producer is uh, Daniel Salerson. You can follow him at D Salerson on Twitter. You can follow me at Sean Kelly Live. All right, let's get you a little bit more of Coach Payton's uh, Monday morning meeting with the media. Uh, the defense is uh, succeeding so far, averaging now opponents uh, holding opponents to an average of excuse me 17.1 points per per ball game they were right on the nose on that yesterday in the 35 to 17 win so with that this this newfound success defensively for the saints uh through seven games um coach payton was asked if, if that is affecting his offensive philosophy or maybe better yet how he's able to call plays on the offensive side, knowing that his defense is holding their own too. Maybe as it pertains to fourth down, maybe as it pertains to certain risks, I think that we've kind of tried to take an aggressive approach, period. But I, I think that, look, the, the number one goal defensively is to not allow points. And, you know, the, the, there's a complementary part to that. And we talked at the beginning of the year for us to play good defense offensively, we've got to do a better job of time of possession, a better job of third down. I thought our third down numbers at the half yesterday offensively weren't good. And then I thought in the second half they were much better and, and got us to 50%. Um, so staying on the field, the fourth quarter time of possession was important yesterday. I think it was nine something to four or five something. And, you know, for us to, to be able to keep opponents out of the end zone, force field goals, and keep opponents to a low point total is important. And I, and I think that uh, that scoring defensive statistic is something that there's a lot that goes into it, and I think it's important. And finally today, another big topic was that of Jimmy Graham, who uh, worked his way through the foot injury, uh, which is still not done yet. I mean, this is probably going to be an ongoing issue that will just have to play itself out week to week. But uh, Graham was uh, noticeably limited yesterday, not in his – performance but in how many snaps he had I guess as opposed to usual so coach was asked if if Graham after it was decided that he could play and that he was able to function properly um, if he was on a quote-unquote pitch count in yesterday's football game Um, I don't know if it was a pitch count or, or as much of a play count I mean it was simply a green highlight through 38 different potential play play opportunities and if you looked at the chart you'd say well in third down let's hypothetically say there were 16 different third down plays four or five in the third and two to three four or five in the four to six of of the total amount of third down plays that green line might have gone through um, maybe half of those plays that were applicable in other words that also we wanted to make sure that we weren't taken away from a lot of the timing and work that we had done with Ben and Josh and the other tight ends. So it was a matter of just taking a highlighter out and looking at plays that fit. Okay, so that's a little taste of what Coach Payton had to say today. And, of course, he'll be speaking uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on into the weekend. So tomorrow is kind of the dark day or the uh, 
um, quiet day, I should say, for the uh, Saints. So with that being said, that's the show. <laughs> there you go. That's today's Black and Blue Report, as we mentioned, was going to be football heavy. Tomorrow we kind of turn our attention toward the Pelicans as the, uh, as the Pelicans will be just uh, hours away from opening the regular season. It'll be exciting when an Indiana Pacer ball club comes into the New Orleans arena on Wednesday night. Tomorrow we want to set you up uh, on the broadcast side. I thought we would take some time tomorrow and let you get to know the, uh, my fellow broadcasters a little better. The uh, the men and, and lady who bring you the broadcast, not only on radio, but television, too. We'll also really try and uh, set it up for you tomorrow as far as where you can find the games, no matter where you are. Um, Lou Schumann, the director of broadcasting, will stop by to help us work through where to find Fox Sports New Orleans, where to find the radio broadcast if you're not in the city of New Orleans, and perhaps even some online uh, tricks and tips as well as far as following your uh, Pell's this upcoming season that'll be the bulk of tomorrow's show then wednesday we have a uh, an extravaganza for you a real true opening day black and blue report uh, that's on wednesday so we'll hope that you'll join us all week long one more thing before i go don't forget go to pelicans.com and cast your vote for the name of the new pelicans mascot that'll be very cool i can't wait to see what you all decide upon as a fan base and we should probably know that name and get to see the mascot for the first time on Wednesday nights. Have a great rest of your Monday. We can't wait to talk to you again tomorrow, and we can't thank you enough for making the Black and Blue Report a part of your day. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.